1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we start the shift from domestic football to the international stuff. The fallout does continue from Sunday's old firm. Matt O'Reilly looks set to be offered a new deal at Celtic. Elsewhere, Hearts have renamed Stephen Naismith as the club's head coach following their European exit. And Liam Kelly and Elliot Anderson pull out of the Scotland squad to be replaced by Robbie McCrory ahead of Cyprus on Friday. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me, you have Kenny Miller and Simon Donnelly. Kenny, I thought international weeks were supposed to be quiet. Not in the back of a game like that, surely. Well, the scheduling was was great at that fixture, obviously, going into the international break. It's uh it was always a it was always going to be a tough one for whoever lost if there was a loser, and it turns out to be Rangers. So uh, they're going to have to just stew in it for the next couple of weeks before they're back in action away at St Johnston. But I'd prefer to look forward to the international games and talk of the positivity surrounding that and hopefully qualification that could potentially come mm. next week. Whereas you'll be more than happy to keep looking back on the weekend, Simon Donnelly. Yeah, great result for Celtic, <laughs> obviously, at the weekend. Uh, and as Kenny says, it's... Those games are not ideal when there's a two-week break after it. You just want to get out and try and rectify that. So Rangers will just have to be patient, you know, for the next game coming round. But yeah, equally looking forward to the, the Scotland game on Friday night. Come on then, 0141951-1025. What have you got for us tonight? It's a bit more of a blank canvas, it feels, because yes, that game is kind of starting to move uh, into the rear view mirror. But if you have any over, you know, any... Hangover thoughts, then feel free to get them into us on that usual number or on Twitter. Uh, like I said in the headlines, Matt O'Reilly looks set to be offered a new contract at Celtic. Take it you're happy with that, Celtic fans. I even saw rumours about a Borna Barisic exit on Twitter. Today, Rangers fans, I don't know if you're taking any notice of that. Hearts fans, I'd like to hear from you. It's been much discussed, the managerial structure. It's gone back to Stephen Naismith as the head coach. I think people knew it would happen, but at the same time, it does coincide... Uh, with a, a real lack of form at the moment So I wonder how you feel about that news We had that story late last night We discussed it on the show We had an excellent call on Talking about these crazy measures That Scottish football fans could soon face If they're on supporters' buses Maybe you'd want to get some thoughts off your chest on that one And of course as these two have said What a big game A big old game for Scotland on Friday Extremely close Uncomfortably close to Euro qualification in a strange roundabout way. So get your early Scotland thoughts in here as well on 0141 951 1025. If only, if only we were joined in the studio tonight by someone who had channeled their inner Marco Van Basten with a volley for Scotland in Cyprus. Any, any ideas? Which one of you was it? Hands it up. certainly wasn't me. <laughs> it was a lucky hat. By the way, that was so good. I keep was, watching it. Was, it. I, I don't. I don't definitely the most spectacular in my career. That's for sure. I don't mean to offend you with the surprise tone. England's coming up, obviously. I know. A friendly, but uh, great goal down there as well. So I was going to say, you uh, think we do these by accident? This guy scored against Cyprus and England. That's why he's here. Yeah, that's why I got the late caller. I got that. Yeah. Well, listen, Marvin. <laughs> Marvin Bartley's absence is for another day. Um, I will. Ex- I'll expose his reasoning. <laughs> Um, at some point but let's just say at 9 o'clock this morning we thought it was him but yeah. there we are um, but ah, there we go the, the, the England one is good can you remember the Cyprus one because it is genuinely do you know something I, it's even I better why do I not because I watch all the why do I not remember it was a friendly it wasn't it, was, it? A way. it was a, a to Cyprus it was no glamorous at it's all like a Friday night or something though I can't remember oh, I just, but I just know that was a 
probably the most spectacular goal I scored in my career, yeah. There we are. 0141951-1025. Like we said, if you want to turn your attentions to Scotland, we can indeed do that. I, I think, let's be honest, that fixture on Sunday mm. is the type that you might still want to talk about in a fortnight. So it's only Wednesday if there's anything there. Uh, Matt O'Reilly, Celtic fans, new contract, happy with that. Hearts fans, what about you? Get in touch and let us know everything that's on your mind on 01419511025. And with the Masters coming up this weekend, if I don't have these two fighting with each other in the studio before they go on opposite ends of the pitch, I will have failed. You ready? You feeling in good shape? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I think you, you've been. Doing I, know, I, I feel alright. We play, play fives and things. We've been playing mm. down the Rook and Glen with the with the boys the last kind of few mm. weeks as well. 16, Just getting sixteen minute games. You remember last year? Oh, it was, it was a blow. It it's felt, a big old pitch. That it as well. felt longer <laughs> it's a big old minutes. pitch. I've got. A, I think you're you're a victim of the fact that you've always looked younger than you are. I was looking through that list. You're giving a lot of these boys some exactly, years. Exactly. And I, ho- I hope it. Uh, uh, we've recruited well. I this hope year, they remember right? that. <laughs> Go easy on me. <laughs> we've recruited well. Anyway, right, come on down. 01419511025. Love to hear from you. Whatever is on your mind, it is that sort of weird part in the week where it, it kind of gets a bit quieter because you're waiting on the next round of fixtures, but there's clearly a lot going on um, today as well. Let's see what Gary has got for us. Gary on the line. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. I'm uh, horrendous. I think it's horrendous the fact that they don't want people to stop at pubs. I don't drink myself, but I just think it's absolutely shocking. You know, it's, it's just it spoils the whole atmosphere. The, the, the fact that 12 o'clock kickoff, how can the, the guy stop at a pub before 12 o'clock? Or oh, yeah, right. So this is on the back of this story last night. I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen it on social media and it came on the show last night. I'll bring anyone up to speed who's surprised. We had a, a caller on last night and it's... I mean, this is the front page... <coughs> Of some of the newspapers this morning, the front and and it's everywhere, just showing how important it is it's these proposals um, that are going to hit football fans who travel on buses to games, which is loads of us very hard. You're smirking, Kenny. Have you seen some of the ridiculous <laughs> stuff? <laughs> just seen some stuff. Um, on, on Instagram I mean, there, it's yeah. talking about you know buses can't stop anywhere within ten miles of the ground without police permission. You can't. St- I, every time I read this, I'm, I'm sure it's a joke. Um, buses can't stop at any pub for a beer unless it's sold with a substantial meal. Oh, in an I'll, in be- I'll take note. In an in-betweener style. Um, buses can't drop off or pick up fans at any unauthorised locations. Buses need to arrive at the venue no earlier than two hours before, but no later than one hour before the scheduled game. It, again, like these are at proposal stages and football fans in Scotland are kind of hitting back and trying to make sure that this does not... Uh, come into play uh, as you would understand so, Gary what, does it just worry you does it does it make you feel like football fans are what just being treated differently a dictatorship that's, that's unbelievable it's, it's just unheard of and then it'll ruin the game for most football fans you know most football fans like to go to the game in a bus uh, the fact to go in two hours before a game if you're living in Aberdeen and you want to come watch Aberdeen playing in Glasgow you're going to have to leave at three in the morning you know what I mean it's, it's ludicrous yeah, when we bring in, when we talk about any of this stuff, Kenny, it's always just football fans just feel like they're victimised a bit, and it always feels so sort of disproportionate because it's easy to, I don't know, think about any headline incident where there's like loads of trouble or it's a high-profile game, but get the bus to what Livingston fans going up to Ross County or something, going for a pint at that pub next to the, the next to Dingwall before the game starts. It'd be interesting to see what like. What's the reasoning? What's the actual reasoning behind it? You know, like it just seems to be like making an issue out of nothing. It's something that's went on for years and years and years. Uh, I don't see what's going to 
help, how it's going to help, how it's, how it's, how it's going to stop whatever it's trying to stop or, or what the reasoning behind it is. And so you can, listen, football fans are right, they're going to feel like they're the victims and again, without any real reasoning behind it. It's done the impossible, Simon. You said it last night. It has united Scottish football. <laughs> Everybody is together. I can see the against point. Against I mean, and it was a ploy to do it just after that game as well. <laughs> Talking about something else. <laughs> but my, my initial reaction there, when when Gary calls in and you're bringing it to to light, is there's no obvious influx of problem mm. before. Yeah, you know, I, it has to be resolved here. No, and I think the background is look. This is where it gets a bit a bit boring, a bit deep maybe, but this is something that's come from the senior traffic commissioner. Not 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 a, a not a position I was familiar with, I must admit, before yesterday. Um and it's requesting that the UK government gives permission for all of these uh, sort of bullet points that we mentioned. You know, it kind of remains to be seen as to what level it, it, it would get up here if if any, but So so you're saying about the traffic commissioner then, so what what is the problem with the buses on Again, it would just be it would traffic. just be to, I mean, to cut down on any first, I know any what they would predict as being antisocial behaviour or trouble mm. or whatever. But what I think was quite telling is is the speed. Yesterday, this was like one tweet, and we had the guy on last night. He saw this just such a guy I know very. It's, it's a friend of mine. I know him very well. He just saw this on the government website, tweeted it, and that tweet has now been seen three and a half million times. The SFA, SPFL issued a joint statement, Motherwell, Morton, I think like Rangers sort of briefed on it, like clubs all coming out very quickly. So I think there's been a real effort from everyone to sort of stand up for football fans here, which is encouraging, I suppose. Of course it is. It's, it's totally understandable. I mean, it's one of the, the main ways that fans access going to the games. You know, there's been supporter buses for as long as I can remember from whatever mm. team, from Celtic and Rangers right down. So I don't, I don't see... Why there has been an initial problem for something, you know, like this to come in? Yeah, a real key part of the the football supporter experience. I mean, sing song <laughs> and the camaraderie on the bus, yeah. like get, getting their cell up for the game. And generally, like, the only way for a lot of people to get to get to games as well, which I think is important. Yeah, um, exactly. And I mean, Gary, I mean, what could this do to sort of local businesses as well? Is that worth bearing in mind? Businesses that maybe rely on on football fans coming and putting a bit of money in the till. It would ruin the football game, never mind the, the football clubs. I mean, the clubs and the supporters, are, I mean, it destroys the whole atmosphere. The, you can't go to a football game, basically, because you, you have to leave two or three hours before the game. And uh, the, the, the fact that on a Sunday morning, if you've been out on a Saturday night, then you're not going to be up for getting up at eight o'clock in the morning to catch the bus. Even at that, there's what there's what that you know there's a few layers here. Is it a bad idea from the outset? Yes, I think everyone agrees. Could you even, could you even police that? Could you could you even make that work? Um, and again, to then maybe go down another road. The difference between English, even if you thought this was a good idea, which you probably don't in England. Okay, you want to bust someone into a stadium, you know, an hour before kickoff. Well, they can get a pint. In the ground Where you yeah. can't hear yeah. So you can imagine Getting a bus to No offence if you're listening But McDermott Park And being in for an hour Before To, yeah. to do what exactly Yeah No exactly And I'm, I'm just thinking Just now as well As I say The news is quite new to myself But Speaking from Celtic Leaving Celtic Park Every second week You know The amount of buses It'll be the same at Rangers The amount of fans The percentage of fans oh. That this is the way They get access to their game It's It's huge yeah, I mean, because it's not always possible, never mind desirable, to go on the train and you've got your own issues travelling on the train. So 
Kenny, I just think it, it just feels like football fans are always kind of picked on a little bit, doesn't it? That's the that's the impression that that always seems to come across on here, and it probably overlooks the fact that for a tiny minority that you know might have an issue that harnessing how good football is or how important it is to communities and the economy always seems to get overlooked. Yep, and again, hinting how important the fans are to actually turn up as well. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't want it to to like, stop any fan going if, or again if, if they can't get there like, like Gary says there might just be issues with, with, with timings and things listen it's a, it's, it seems a bit of nonsense to me to be honest with you. it might end up being a non-starter like you say there's not even just all the all the negative side for the fans point of view and maybe the local business point of view there's actually how do you actually police it you know you've got how many games all over the country yeah. you know how do you actually st- stop people at certain points or again if somebody has stopped how are you going to you know it's just it seems a bit of farce to me uh, yeah, it certainly does. Um, but strange things have happened, and it, it does seem to kind of united everyone, as, as far as I can see. Um, if there's any out there that thinks this is a good idea, by the way, and that we're all missing the point, I would genuinely like to hear it. Cause I always, always like to hear the other side of things. Um, but I think nearly every football club opposing fans, even to get you know political, I think kind of different sides of the political divide as well, all sort of speaking out against it. So hopefully. Um, it doesn't come to anything and yeah you can it's a consultation stage if you want to stick up for football fans you can go on there you can go onto the government website and disagree with this idea if you so wish and please do so thank you very much uh, to Gary in Ibrooks on 01419511025 uh, maybe a bit more on the traditional on-field discussion i think Robert is a Rangers fan Robert are you you calm down since Sunday. You, you feeling a bit better about things in the cold light of day, or is is, is it not as easy as that? No, really. I'm on. I've got a total different opinion. Uh, and what, it's Sunday. It's not just Sunday's the problem. The problem for me is the board. The, uh, these guys. How many experienced guys we're going to give a job to Glasgow Rangers? Van Bronckhorst. I done well abroad, but really a big job at Rangers is a massive job. And Kenny will know that. G- uh, Stephen Gerrard, how many trophies did we win under Stephen Gerrard? Right, how many, t- look, look at Michael Beal, of course he's going to take a job, of course, it's Glasgow Rangers guys, and these are, these are the guys, if they don't change the guys at the top of the tree, it's never ever going to change. My, my worry is, who's, if they did just say they did sack Michael Beal, look at the next candidate they're talking about, uh, papers and all that, Kevin Martin, there's another road we're going to go down, and I hate saying this, and I mean that, look at across the city, Regardless of what you say, year in, year out, they're in Champions League. The majority win the titles. They're, uh, look at the manager they brought in. I hate, I hate saying it, guys, but Brendan Rodgers, top-class manager. Look, and look what we're doing. We need change at the top, at the top but, but of the tree. To be fair, Robert, right, and whether it, whether it works or not, there has, been, there has been change. You'd have been... I would have expected your call maybe six months ago, but bearing, bearing in mind that the last season there was big change. Stuart Robertson... And Douglas Park, and now obviously James Bisgrove and John Bennett are in there. Ross Wilson's gone. Fine, you might, you, you could legitimately say that that's a position you think needs filled, but he's away. Craig Mulholland went as the uh, head of the academy. There has been change, Robert. So I, I don't know. Is it maybe too early to see the fruits of that, or? It's still, it's still the same cracks coming in year in, year out. It's still the same mistakes being made year in, year out with the board and uh, packing these managers and his projects and why can we not just if it is Michael Beaver letting go go and get a proven manager 
But I'm not saying it'll work, but going and they really get the fans excited with a manager. We can say, hold on, they are looking forward here. Steady, we're going to get another project here, bro. Get somebody you know, and it's going to take the club forward. Is it as easy as that, though? Because you know, hindsight's brilliant, Kenny. The fans, from my memory, were excited about Giovanni van Bronckhurst. I don't know if there was this complete same level, but there was still a level of optimism about Michael Beale because apparently he was, you know what phrase everybody keeps saying, the brains behind Steven Gerrard, a very good coach, showed how much he wanted to be at the club, certainly. Um, so th- th- this notion that there's, that you know, they didn't excite fans at the outset, I'm, I'm not sure. No, I, I agree with that because I think Giovanni was probably an overwhelming choice uh, when the names that were kind of mooted to take over at that moment. Uh, Giovanni seemed like a good fit and I think a lot of fans jumped on the ex-player and he's going to know what it's about and, and all this kind of thing. Uh, with Michael, again, very, very similar. He was the, the brains, the mastermind, whatever you want to call it. He was the guy who delivered uh, on the training field for Steven Gerrard. Yes, he wasn't the manager, but it was, it was really, really important to Steven about how his team played, how they prepared and how they set up. The thing, what I think Robert's getting at, and I understand the point he's trying to make, that if there was to be change, you know, when so and Ange Postecoglou comes in as a as an unknown quantity, like that, that's been the rest of history. What he'd done in the two years he was at the club, and it was a fantastic appointment. But when he left to move on to Pastures New, they just went and they went. They've had to spend the money, and they've got a proven manager, and that's the point that Robert's trying to make. By the way, I don't think it is time for change at this moment in time. Uh, I, I understand the frustrations and understand the anger uh, behind the Rangers fans, but I also don't think that is, is the time to, to to push the panic button and just make changes this early in a season that when there's been this much recruitment done and the transfer window's only shut a matter of days. I don't think it's the right time. But if the board, over the course of the season, if things don't improve, and listen, they're not saying anything that anybody inside iBox is not going to be fully aware of, if things don't improve, there is going to, mm. there will need to be changes. And if that then became the case, Robert wants to hear a name. He wants to see a name. Someone that's actually maybe got a proven track record. Mm. Somebody who has done this. And you're right, Giovanni maybe had that when, in his uh, in, in his time in Holland. But that's about, uh, is that not about as much a track record as as Rangers are going to get? You know, without sounding disrespectful, just because of where we are in the world. Okay, the well, I, but on the other side of the city, they've went and got mm-hmm. a guy who is if he's not the best British manager about, he's top two, top three. Yeah. So Rangers fans might think, okay, again, I don't think it's time for change. But if that time come, could we go and get someone of that ilk? Yeah. Someone who's managed he's managed Liverpool. You know, this yeah. is we're talking this this is the 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 absolute top, top level of the world game. Never mind just the British game. So I understand what Robert's trying to say. To do that you need to spend money. Robert I had this naive notion that maybe as this week went on, you know, things would calm down a bit, you wouldn't be as angry, but it sounds like you're as annoyed as ever at what happened at the weekend. Well, it's not just what happened, it's the manner, and it's uh, it's the it's same mistakes year in, year out, guys, and I, I'm fed up with every single year that's the exact same new project. As Kenny says, I look at the other side of the city, you're seeing we, Rangers and Celtic are one of the biggest, I don't care what MDC is, the world. We are. And if they can build Rendon Rogers, why can we not pull a manager up? You're Walter Smithson guys, you need guys with a track record to, uh, to hold the hold the shot. I don't think, and Michael Beale understands that. I, he's coached, but he's not coached a club as big as Glasgow Rangers. 
And that's, that's what I'm trying to say You need somebody to hold the jersey Like what you say with the players Seems you need a good manager Simon Because we had the same converse Well not the exact same Similar stuff when a certain Ange Postacoglu arrived <laughs> And yeah. whatever happened to him yeah. This notion that you can profile the manager I don't think you can Before I, I know what Robert's saying there about names and stuff But it, listen if I was A Rangers fan looking out at, and at Stevie Gerrard coming Yeah there, there was no track record but I would have been quite excited at that name coming to the, to, to Rangers. It was very much like a, say, a Graham Soonis coming back in the 80s. It was a big name coming from Liverpool, big profile. Uh, Van Bronckhurst, ex-Ranger, playing in Europe. I thought at the time, yeah, he might go and bring in the same as what Posta Coglu did. He, he start shopping in a field that you know, mm. bringing in some European quality. But again, it's... It's all on the back of Celtic winning, you know, and and if Celtic were losing, I'm sure the fans would be saying the same kind of thing. Do you think the reaction would have been, it's an utterly pointless hypothetical, but I'm just curious because you're at the Celtic side of things. Yeah. What level of reaction would there have been if the result had flipped at the weekend? At the weekend, I, I don't think they would have been happy, the fans. I think the two games before, you know, they, they, they stuttered against mm. St. Johnson, obviously get knocked out of the cup, which can happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the reaction from the Rangers fans at the weekend, I, I think Rangers fans at the weekend expected to turn Celtic over. That's where it's coming from. They were down to their... Yeah. their, their with no disrespect to the guys that went out there and performed, because they did well in the day and they got a result. Difficult to go to Ibrox and get the result. Celtic will not be weaker this season. They'll only get stronger. And as I say, that's no disrespect to the guys that went and performed. They're missing big players. And I think a lot of the frustration comes from that. I mean, going back to Robert there... Again, the outside looking in, I thought, according to Rangers fans, Bill was a a positive mm -hmm. option for them way back. Right, we're going to have to leave it there. I didn't realise how late we were. Thank you to Robert. If you want to join in, now is the perfect time. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Kenny Miller are here. It's 0141-951-1025. We forgot to show Simon your strike against Cyprus yeah. during the break. We'll need to do it later. But anyway, join in on the phones if you can. Uh, started off with uh, some passionate calls about these crazy proposals that have been brought into. Potentially hamper football fans going on supporters' buses. You never know. It's one of these topics I didn't expect to be discussing this week. Came out the blue, uh, but you all feel very strongly about it. And I can see more calls coming in, so we might get back to that. Um, whatever else is out there, it's really up to you. Get in touch. Uh, well done, by the way, to Glasgow City and Celtic, both through to the group finals in the Women's Champions League after victories over Shelburne uh, and Bronby today as well. So well done to them. Anyone wants to get their thoughts over on the phones, you know where. We are. Let's go to Gareth, who's in Carlisle. How's it going, Gareth? Good and Gordon, you okay? Not bad. How are you, more importantly? I'm okay, thank you. Good stuff. What are you thinking then? What's on your mind tonight? Um, I think we've kind of covered Sunday was an absolute disgrace for Rangers' side of things, but um, I've heard today that obviously the board's went and backed um, Michael Beale for the next couple of weeks at least. Obviously, I think... The St Johnston game is a massive game. He has to win that. No excuses whatsoever. And then, obviously, after that, just go forward and see what happens. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't win that game, obviously, I think he needs to go. 
because we did change after that. But I think we just need to get behind the manager now and the team. I love that, right? Because there's what it could be labelled as a contradiction there, but I totally get it, Simon and Kenny. Mm-hmm. Kenny, would you go? Um, no, it's not the right time to sack Michael Bill. You need to back him. But by the way, <laughs> if he loses to St Johnson, he needs to go. That's and it's kind of true though. Like it's, it's the nature of it. It, it really is, and it, it it comes down to the old cliche about being second. But it does. It yeah. comes down to it. They get beat at the weekend, and I've been in coaching so is Kenny. You need time, but at the same but time, not that much time. No, well, if they, if they go there and they don't get a result mm. and fall further behind, I mean, I'm looking at the next games. They've got the Europa League, Motherwell, and I think it's Livy in the cup. He's really got to go and win. All of them, Most, for sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe no, maybe, maybe no better. Is, is that at home? At home, they're going to be turning expect, up expecting yeah. to win. And is that is that is that where the is that what is that what we really mean when we talk about? That the timing of the result prior to the international break being a problem, because yeah, we, you know we can talk about psychologically, or Michael B needs to stew on it, or the Rangers players need to stew on it. But actually, it's for this, it's for this discourse. Because in another on another week, Rangers might be playing Livy in the cup tonight, then yeah, yeah. or a Europa League, and yeah. then you go and yeah. win it. Yeah. But right now, this is just going to bubble and bubble away until the St Johnson game, which then becomes like do or die in the eyes of Gareth. Yeah. No, and, and you know what and it probably will be at that based on the reaction and it's not just after it's not just the result of the Celtic team yes it's magnified because of, it's an old firm game it's the first old firm game of the season as well and it's been two losses out of four league games so it's off the back of a really poor start against Kilmarnock it's off the back of a really humbling defeat and an Eindhoven against PSV you'd also have so, to take some sort of last season into account surely as well that must be where Rangers fans feel but, but, that, but that's the thing like I understand, like, last season, I mean, form was actually really, really good, apart for those couple of big games oh, no, that, against Celtic, I mean. you know. That's so I, mean. I, I do understand that as well. But I do think it's not just about this season, but it's there's been so much made of the summer. The, the the positivity building, about the rebuild, about the new signings coming in and we'll make sure this is going to be right and this will be a different team ready to come back and challenge Celtic for the league next year. And it's been tame. That's what it's been up until this moment. And you can understand why the fans are disappointed uh, with the start of the season and not just the results, with the performances and what they're watching. I mean, that's nine games I think they're in into the season. The four league games, the four Champs League games, uh, qualifiers, and then obviously the cup game against Morton. You're nine games in and at this moment you're still looking to think, okay, what's the best team? Who's going to be the best front three, front two, front four, whatever way you want to call it. And by the way, when when are we going to start playing better? That's what the Rangers fans are thinking. There's no doubt when you watch this now, there's not going to be, like, I would be very surprised if Rangers come back and there's instant, like, this this new level of performance has come in. I I just don't think it's going to happen. But what they need to do in this moment is continue to improve, learn from some of the basic mistakes that have been made over the last few weeks, but they need to win. You know, they need to win. I mean, you've just went through these games. Yes, Betis, Betis are a good team. Yeah. So it'll be a really good, really tough night at Ibrox that night. The way they play, they'll come. We've seen them a couple of seasons. You get, you get away with that one if you're competitive. Of course surely. you do. But the, 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 the St Johnstone, the Motherwell, the Livy, St Mirren and Aberdeen mm. are just they after. Have to, they have they to, need to win the They all. have to win yeah. the League Cup. Yeah, Celtic are out it. Yeah. They have to win the League Cup. I don't mm. think Rangers fans will And that could also works. be, it could be a saving grace, but it could also be a final nail in the coffin if mm. they don't. You know, so Rangers have to go. But in the immediate games, if you take the best game out, Southampton, Motherwell, Levy, Aberdeen, St Mirren, that needs to be five wins. Five wins, four in the league and one in the cup to make sure you're in the semi-final. 
Yeah, I mean, Mother will go in for Champions League as well, of course, so it won't, <laughs> won't, be, it won't be easy. Um, Gareth, so what do you think? Is this, has it been an overreaction or what? Have you ever, you ever heard the heard the fallout like this for a 1-0 defeat? Or is it more than that? Uh, I think the, the fans have got the right to like, view their points and stuff. And it, it was a, a really bad performance. I don't think Celtic played that great, to be honest. And either did Rangers, but we've talked enough about it. And, and I think because the board has come out and said, we're, we're back in Beale now, then surely we just need to get forward and go forward. I like, I like your style. Let's look forward a bit, because you're right, we've been over the game quite a lot. And this is a bit of a an open question. What do you th- what would you like Rangers to improve on during this international break? And you, I know you might think everything, but you know what, what what do you want to see them come back from this break better at? Obviously, I think they need to they need to gel a bit more. I think obviously we've, we've used this excuse that they're just new players and stuff, but they need to gel a bit more. Um, the final ball, I think, as well. We just need to. Like just take their chances instead of just like maybe taking an extra touch or something. Take their chances, and just like obviously we'll focus on winning the game. Obviously, but don't worry about anybody else. Just worry about your own team and go forward. I don't know what Rangers' schedule is, Kenny, and they've got international players as well. So I don't really know what sort of prolonged period of time you get here. But Michael Beale, the one thing that was labelled at him. Is that he's a very good coach on the training ground? He's a very good coach. Now he has had a preseason, so it's not like he hasn't. But this, he's got he's got work to do with the sounds of it in this next ten days or so. He has, he has, and again, and it's it's a good thing in that respect that you've got the time and you can maybe work on <clears throat> you can work on maybe certain things th- things that Gareth's alluding to there as well. Again, without looking back too much because it's something that Michael B was bemoaned pretty much since he came into the job was no taking big chances. You know, I mean, you look to the game. Yeah, we can talk about the goal that was chopped off all we want and the VAR incident, you know what, but take that out of it. Uh, in the second half, you have three big moments. You have Todd Cantwell at the back post with his technique, he should do better. I think it hit his actually shin and it went into the goalkeeper's hands. Yeah. It was a tame effort. You had Danilo's chance, not the one where he controlled it, but the one that came right after when the ball was flashed across and he kind of fluffed it, and you had Sam Lammer. So I think that's even what Gareth's talking about when he's talking about taking extra touch. He should open opened up and, and put that in the far corner of his left foot. It was on his left foot. There was no need at that, how close he was to the goal to try and take it around a, an on-Russian goalkeeper at that time. There were three big chances that could have got Rangers back into the game, and they never took them. And this is something that goes well into last season. You think of Sakala in the semi-final. I think of the chance that were missed early in Aberdeen and Pataudry when they lost the game 2-0. You, you can't create three big chances. That. When you're 1-0 down to Celtic in an old firm game at home, you think if one of them goes in, the, the roof comes off. You just never know what can happen after it. But that was something, three big moments, three big chances. That they don't take them and they lose the game 1-0. And then the aftermath and the autopsy that goes into it is just really, really heightened the anger, the frustration and everything comes out. Yeah, it, it, all, it all comes from the result and, and you're talking about the Rangers players there kind of not taking their chances and you look at Kyogo, arguably he could have had a hat-trick in the first yep. half and very unlike him not to connect with the first one, the, the one that's almost his trademark front post run, but he's clinical with the third. He's clinical, it was a similar finish up at Pataudry in the second game of the season. This is maybe the frustration as well. You know, Rangers are looking across the city, they're looking at the quality that's there. What I will say is Danilo, Dessers, Lam, or Sima, they're all new to the club. And I don't think he's found, you talked, I think, there about gelling. I don't think he's found that yet, what's clicking with them. Uh, he's got 10 days, 12 days, or whatever it is, to the next game to go and work at that. 
But I think that is the frustration earlier on, uh, Gordon. I think with that game in particular, the weekend, they look at who's out for Celtic and, you know, they'll maybe they look at the team. And I think the frustration is that they couldn't beat that Celtic team because, as I say, Celtic will have players back and they'll get stronger. Thank you very much to Gareth. The 01419511025 it is the ideal time to call. It is 01419511025, like I say, or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Just something to mark your card with. I've been <coughs> mentioning this all week. Um, tomorrow, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson, I'm going to join them. I'm going to abseil down at Silverburn in need of cash for kids. If you'd like to chuck some money into the pot, all the details are on our socials or go to Clyde1.com forward slash cash for kids. Uh, the sight of Gordon Dale with that harness on <laughs> is going to be funny, like objectively hilarious. Um, but is there uh, going to be a crowd? I'd like to think so. Yeah. I'd like to think so. Yeah. I'd like to see you two down there throwing things at him as he comes down. But there is obviously a serious side to you know children right yeah. here on our doorstep that need uh, need your help. So please do uh, get in touch um, if you can, and by all means, if you're out and about in the sunshine tomorrow, uh, come down and uh, give your support. Shall we say? Now, I did say the sight of Gordon DL flying down uh, the abseil would cheer you up, but not as much as £56,000. Now, that could be yours very soon, because on this day, our big cash game, Make Me A Winner, Elise won the fifty-four grand, meaning she can move out of her parents' house, put a deposit of her own, and in her words, they'll be happy to get rid of her. So tomorrow, we could make you a winner of £56,000 when we make the call, but you need to be in it. So text YES to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Enter at Clyde1.com and the online entries are £2 as well. Or you can call 0330 8804523. Calls charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only and all the rules for this network competition are online. If you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow, Thursday the 6th, answer within five rings. Say make me a winner. Do not say anything else. Say make me a winner straight away and uh, it could be 56 grand heading to your bank account. Text yes to 61025. 0141 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's 0141 Why would you not want to speak to Simon Donnelly or Kenny Miller tonight? Get in touch. I must admit, though, right, this is the beauty of this live stream because a lot of the tweets that come in, yeah, you'll get an opinion on football, but it's just always... Generally about your appearance <laughs> What's been said tonight A very valid point from Martin <clears throat> And who else? There's a couple So Martin was one uh, Where else was the other one? Champion 67 was one Why is Simon Donnelly wearing a black hoodie in 25 degree heat? <laughs> oh, I'm quite warm to be fair It's, it's, a, it's a good question But Champions Champions and your other tweeter Martin He's got flip flops on Yeah Bare feet and shorts with the hoodie. So mixed bag. I don't know. I was golfing the day as well. It was roasting. I don't know why I've stuck this on. But it is warm. I'm, warm I'm having a warm you. coffee as well. <laughs> Just to regulate the body temperature. Nah, that does. He's all over the place. This guy. <laughs> anyway, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Hope you're still enjoying the live stream. By the way, I feel like when it started, I was talking about it all the time. It was new and it was a nice novelty. And I watched that. I watched the little bit the other night. Oh dear, YouTube, which night? It was you. Hugh Keevans and Andy Halliday. It was the first of series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Give it, nice, give it a good yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then back to radio. Can't bear to watch these three anymore. But anyway, uh, get in touch on the usual number or Twitter. Uh, Ewan is a Celtic fan on the line. What's your point tonight, Ewan? Evening, gents. How are we doing? Good. How are you? 
Yeah, not bad. Thanks. Enjoying this this lovely evening. But um, I've not got a black hoodie on. <laughs> don't blame you. Here, no. Um, <laughs> don't what, I've got a, a point to make about using my aid. I need to get it off my chest, and I can't believe I'm saying it. To be honest, because I love the guy. Nobody works harder, longer. But it was your other the other caller there, the boy for Carlisle, prompting me. Can I call up about it? Get it off my chest. But I just think he lacks a wee bit of quality sometimes. I just think he should be scoring more goals for us. Um, obviously, after the, the weekend there, reflecting on the games uh, previous, the Champions League stuff, so you're, you're looking forward to the next big games coming up, the Champions League. And I just think he's going to get chances and we're not going to take them. And it, it could be it could be pretty costly for us. But like I said, I love the guy. He, he, honestly, his work rate is incredible. He brings so much to the team, but I just think he, he wastes so many chances. Fair or over the top, Simon? Hard to please, you and he's hard to please. Especially I I, I know where he's coming from. You know the the pace Maeda works at at times. It was one in particular kind of summed him up at times and going down the left, and he 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 put it far too. I think he crossed in with his left foot and there was too much on it. It wasn't much composure showed. Mm. But what I would what I would say is, asking his teammates if they want him in the team, and ask anybody that's up against them if you want to play against them. Because the guy goes from the first minute to the 90th or whatever it is every week in every game he plays. And I know this isn't this can be an easy out, but you if Dyson Maida worked that way and was that effective and had an end product all the time, would he would he be here? Is well, that is that do you understand I, that? I know where you're coming from because somebody else said the same to me. You know, if if he had that little bit because extra, we're, we're not, not because we're talking like. Elite level work yeah. rate, aren't we? Yeah, but I, I don't want to be as you and saying he doesn't want to be over critical. I don't want to be disrespectful. The guy, the guy who played in the World Cup. Exactly. But I know yeah. exactly what you're saying, but I'd also look at the bon- uh, the positives of what he brings to the team. I've I've, I've covered the games as you know for mm. two years, and I watch him whether he plays in the left or the right, up against the fullback. I would hate to be the fullback because he doesn't do anything overly clever. He just pushes it by and backs his speed nine times out of ten. And he has made a lot of goals, but there is that wee bit. And as you say, if that bit was there more than it is just now, it'd maybe be in the English Premiership. I mean, you see at the weekend, Kenny, going back the way, you know, makes life tough then for James Tavernier. I think Todd Cantwell, he tracked him back at one point and th- th- there's a reason he plays all the big games for Celtic, isn't there? Yeah, well, well with the big games domestically are, are Rangers, yeah. you know, that, that's it. And I think a lot of the, the, the thought behind it is that he can match James Tavernier going the other way. And then he's got the fitness levels and the speed that he can go in trouble and go the other way. But I know exactly what you're saying because in terms of quality, there is, there's no great end product. Again, even his finishing is untidy. If, again, it's not, again, you don't want to be disrespectful because particularly someone who, again, made a career working hard, you know, so he gives everything for the team and he's, like Simon says, a, he'll be a really, really good teammate and that's, that's, uh, that, that, that's first and foremost. But in terms of for, for a Celtic winger, I just don't know, you know, is winger his best position? Is he maybe better through the middle where he maybe wouldn't have as much 1v1 time? Because again, you've got the ones where he uses pace, but you, don't, he, he, you also have the ones, I'm sorry, where he runs at the park because aye, he, does he runs at his pace. You he know? does everything at pace. That's yeah. that's what he does. It, it never really slows down. People might say that's composure. And again, I've seen him, he's got a, a belter through Easter Road. He cut in on his right. Yeah, he's he's got it there, but... It's the pace he plays at, and maybe that's just his style. You know, he just wants to get people going that way. He wants to get people on the back foot, and 
The overriding thought for me when I watch him is I would hate to play against you, but at the same time, I'd love you in my team because do you know something that he does really well when I watch him? And he, he linked up with Greg Taylor last year, and you'll know about it being a striker. He dictates to the midfielder or the, the fullback where he wants it by his movement. He just yeah. goes. And nine times out of ten, he go, he's, he's shown them exactly where he wants it and he's got the pace to get in the back of it. Uh, so it's it's one of the ones I can, I can see where Ewan's coming from. but Because you could get someone with more quality that's not got the work ethic and he's not got the, how effective yeah. he is yeah. in these big games. You know? So it's, uh, aye, you can, you, listen, you get where Ewan's coming from on both sides. Yeah. Ewan on a maybe a more positive um, thread for you, although I don't know how you feel about this one. Matt O'Reilly looks set to be given a new deal at Celtic. You'll remember there was a £10 million bid from Leeds rejected uh, towards yeah. the end of the window. Is is that music to your ears? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the guy's quality, to be honest. I've, I've got no complaints to him. Again, and the guys have summed that up there brilliantly about my point about my head. I'm by no means saying that he's a passenger. I just, I just think... We were criticised last year for our sort of impact in the Champions League and I know it's a work in progress and all the rest. I just think that if, if we are going to do it, we just need to take our chances and we need the bit of quality. But I, I, th- I think you and see, in fairness there, watching those games last year, I think, I remember one against Real Madrid, but I think Celtic in general were guilty of not taking chances in the, in the Champions League. In games. Oh, I remember a bad attempt one yep. early on in the Madrid game at Celtic Park. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, Matt O'Reilly contract, Simon, that make sense in Okiogo over the summer, Abada recently. Great news, I think the guy, since he came to Celtic, has really impressed me. Lovely football player, a lot of assists last year, took him a little bit of time to get off the mark scoring-wise. He's got a couple of goals already this year, I think he's got a couple of assists. At the weekend they had to dig in, you know, those big long legs, breaking things up. He showed another side to his game, I think he will be a big player. And obviously that kind of hopefully staves off that wee bit of interest that mm. there's been, you know, just before the transfer window. Oh, sure. it makes sure that the price is right oh, when it comes. The, the right price. But either way, it's, it's, a, it's a good move from Celtic. Yeah, Kenny, do you feel like the Celtic midfield maybe maybe the bit of a point to prove? It was so early in the season, but there was, you know, there was a lot said that, oh, is Callum McGregor as effective now? And does the system suit him and, and Matt O'Reilly? And they would have been among Celtic's better performers, you would have to say, wouldn't you? Again, when you, when you talk about the Celtic team, it's, it's pretty from midfield to front. It's that's who it's going to be. You know, it's the area of weakness at the weekend was centre back. You know, and it's and Rangers never really made the most of that. Uh, particularly when Lager Bielka was had a, had a real tough fifteen minutes yeah. after the after the goal that was chopped off. But Matt really is a, I'm a big fan. He is. I think he's a really really good player. There was actually spells last season where he found himself the team, which I found really surprising. And it was will he play or will Aaron Moy play? And is, who's going to be in there alongside Callum McGregor and Hattie for long spells? But no, I think he's a wonderful player. Again, I keep I've got the comparison with Tom Rogic when he first came. The way he plays and how easy he's on the eye, how he receives the ball. He doesn't look overly fast, mm. but again, he, he just he can pick a pass. He's now got himself in the. And the goals uh, amongst the goals this season as well. So again, it's, it's good business of Celtic tie him down. And like you say, it's what it'll do is it'll make sure they get top top dollar for him if he does leave. Thank you to Ewan, which, judging by the big clock, takes us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Even Gordon DL won last night. Right, that's the way it's been going this week. So, listeners, this is come on. This is it's time to get the proverbial finger out because you started the season flying, but the pundits have been clawing their way back recently. So let's try and get back on track with Pete the Pundit on 01419511025, and the lines close at seven. So be quick. Tackle the headlines. 0141951025. 
0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It is beat the pundit time, which means someone out there is going to come on and try and embarrass Kenny Miller or Simon Donnelly, which I quite like. I like the thought of that. It's 01419511025. We've had calls about supporters' buses, uh, believe it or not. If you've been following the news, it is quite a big story doing the rounds. If you've any more thoughts on that, you can get them over to us, please. Uh, as always, still thoughts coming in on the game on Sunday. More about trying to take it forward, I think, and what happens next and talk of a new contract for Matt O'Reilly. Hearts fans, I'd be keen to hear from you what you've made of Stephen Naismith being renamed head coach of the club today. Uh, not in good form, of course. Scotland fans, it is a big, big couple of days. We could be I mean, close to qualifying already, but pretty much there uh, if we can get the job done in Cyprus on Friday. So get the calls in right now, please, and we'll play this first. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time, so let's see who we've got on the line. It is AJ in Milton. How's it going, AJ? I'm good, how are you? Not bad. Have you ever played before? No, I've not, but I feel like I'd be quite good at it. Brilliant. That's, that's, that's all we can really ask for. Would you rather play Simon Donnelly or Kenny Miller if you had the choice? Got to be Kenny Miller. Got to be I don't know what that means. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. He is a Rangers fan. Right. I think is he just right? wants to, to be with you, no, even okay. if it's against you. Uh, heads, it will be Simon. The tails, it will be Kenny Miller. And it is. He's got his wish. It's tails. Kenny up against AJ in Milton. So let's give Kenny some greatest hits radio to listen to. We'll turn it up nice and loud so that he can't hear us. And we'll get the rules out for you, AJ, which is very simple. 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can If you want to pass and move on to the next question That's absolutely fine, okay? That's fine Let's go, 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Who is currently the longest serving manager in the Scottish Premiership? Um, uh, Pass Who were the last team Scotland men's side played in a World Cup match? Um, I'd like to say Brazil Celtic women beat what team in the Champions League this afternoon? Um. Pass. What Rangers players played for PSV, Atalanta and Sampdoria? Kilman Scott Brown was sacked as manager of what club this week? Fleetwood Town What Euro qualifying group are Scotland in? D Okay, let's bring back Kenny Miller Kenny, have you got us? Got us now? Yep Oh good, you had me worried there 30 seconds on the clock Same set of questions to Kenny Miller And his time starts now Who is the longest serving manager currently in the Scottish Premiership? David Martindale who were the last team Scotland men's side played at a World Cup? Pass. Celtic women beat what team in the Champions League this afternoon? Pass. What Rangers player has played for PSV, Atalanta and Sampdoria? Lammers. Scott Brown was sacked as manager of what club Fleetwood. this week? What Euro qualifying group are Scotland in? A. Name any of the teams currently unbeaten in the Scottish Championship. Dundee United. Who is the only player in Scotland to be named in the Cyprus squad for Friday's game? A badder. Okay, let's bring back AJ. How do you think it went, AJ? Hi. How did it go? Um, not great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this in my head, AJ. I think I'll be pretty good at this. And then it's the old a few moments later. Not great, he says. <laughs> and you have that yeah. mind blank. David Martindale, as you well know, uh, is the longest serving manager in the Scottish Premiership. A 1 0 to Kenny. The last team Scotland played in a World Cup, Simon? Morocco. Morocco, he was there. Choking to get on. 
That's probably the only answer. But, uh, the game, I thought yeah. you mean in the quiz. No, <laughs> the game. I was, uh, I was Could have given me a nudge, Sire. Desperate to go on. <laughs> that, I think that was the only question I got right. <laughs> we doing the old trying to catch the manager's eye yeah. in the warm up, like the yes. star jumps right I, in front I, of him. Exactly doing that, yeah. Mm. Didn't work. Listen, closer than, than we got there. So um, there we are. Um, Celtic women beat Bronby, I said it earlier on. Celtic women's first ever win in the Champions League. So well done to all involved there. So it's still 1-0 to Kenny after three questions. But Sam Lammers, PSV, Atalanta and Sampdoria, 2-0 Kenny. AJ did know that Fleetwood Town was Scott Brown's previous club. 3-1 to Kenny. Scotland are in Euro qualifying A. I was tempted to repeat the question. In case you had said A. Eh. See what I mean? Aye, aye. Nah, that wouldn't have been <laughs> that funny. Um, Wraith Rovers or Dundee United were the team unbeaten in the championship. Right. So Kenny's running away with it. Yeah. One, two, three, four, a five, one. And you even had time to mistakenly give me Leo Labada, who plays for Israel. Yeah. It's Alex Gogic right, of St. Uh, there we go. So AJ, they go again. It was a five, one yeah. defeat. Hard lines. Yeah, it was wasn't great. It wasn't. It wasn't. I can't argue with that. Well done, Absolutely to AJ. Not AJ. Well done uh, for taking part, though. Kenny Miller gets another victory, and listeners will need to get some work done here. It's heading in one direction and one direction only this weekend. I don't like it. So let's see how we go. There we are, Morocco, eh? Morocco. Many moons ago, indeed. But you never know. Brighter times might be around the corner because I think so. what a big week! What a big week this could be. Ever, ever picture a scenario where, where does it so we win on Friday where is it leaving as one win away or depending yeah, but, well, on potentially, potentially potentially they are potentially depending nothing Tuesday. depending on Tuesday right so we could qualify on Tuesday whilst we're playing England brilliant so yep. interesting eh brilliant um, there are a couple of permutations I won't bore you with them all I think Norway and Georgia drawing is one of them right yep. um, but do you ever think you'd see the day when a Double header, one of them's against England, and it's by far the least important of the, the two games. That's you got know, to be the reality, doesn't it? No, it is the reality. And you know what? I'll just take on its own importance once once Friday night's done, and hopefully the three points are in the bag. And uh, and Steve and his team can sit back and look forward to the, the game. Again, it is a friendly, but it's a massive game against the old enemy. And then afterwards, I mean, you'll come in after it. I mean, I've no doubt the Tartan Army will let you know exactly what's going on uh, during that game. But first and foremost, three points needed Friday night. Come on, you're in good company. If you want to start the Scotland discussion, he scored against England and he scored against Cyprus in Cyprus. What more do you want? 01419511025. Um, going to hopefully get to the heart situation as well. And anything else that's out there, you might think this is a nice sort of quiet-ish point in the season to maybe reflect on your team's start to the campaign. St Mirren fans, Motherwell, we've had a few Motherwell last couple of nights actually. Kilmarnock, whoever else is out there. Why not get in touch? Uh, David is just along the road, presumably, in Clydebank first, though. What have you got for us, David? Uh, evening, gents. First time caller. Be gentle with me. Oh, it's good to have you. What made you call, then? I always wonder what tips people over the edge. I'm a coach driver. Oh, um, right. I see where this is going. I, I, I regularly take Celtic fans um, to Celtic Park. Now, I've been doing this for about two, two years now, taking them, and... I've had more trouble with wedding passengers than what I've ever had with the, the, the guys that go to the football. You know, I was reading one of the, the articles earlier on and somebody was quoted in it saying, this is a solution to a problem that doesn't actually exist. Um, I think they're actually unfairly picking on on the, the fans. Now, I'm not going to say that every single fan is, you know, is an absolute angel, but I think they're really... 
making a mess of this and actually hurting the, you know, the people who ultimately pay the most money into football. And that's the fans. Yeah, I mean, th- that is the the thing about it, David, isn't it? Because as you say, you never, you never hear stuff like, no, no one's ever going to come up with an idea to target wedding goers. No, I don't know, you maybe just go to some particularly lively weddings, you know, or, or we talk <laughs> about fans of other sports sometimes, or... Um, you know, festivals, there'll be a lot of issues at festivals and no one ever says, ah, you know, we need to clamp down specifically on, on them because we accept that loads of different people of different social situations, different ages and race and gender, whatever else, go to festivals, but we don't really do that with football games, David. Is that? It seems like we just treat all football fans the same. Yeah, the... the- most football fans are all tarred under one and um, under the kind of one brush. It's, it's, it's a kind of it's an easy target, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I say, you know, none of them are all you know absolute angels, but I mean, everybody on the, the bus that I do knows I'm an Angels fan, and yet they're absolutely brilliant. You know, there's never an ounce of hassle. Did you have a quiet weekend? I, I was I was working doing weddings, so, <laughs> oh, so it was carnage, <laughs> absolute carnage. <laughs> um, yeah, I, was, I was on with the battle gear. Have you had a? I mean, you'll have had a look at some of these proposals, David. In, in practice, are they even close to being workable? How would your life change if you had to, you know, enforce these things? Could it even be done? Uh, well, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Some of it, yes, it can be done. I mean, I, I bring people from Helensburgh. But it's, it's multiple pickups. Now, if they want to try and make it authorised pickups, that's going to start causing a lot of problems there. I mean, generally we're at the ground with at least, at least an hour before kick-off. Um, so I, I don't, I just don't understand why they're trying to enforce these things when the problem isn't actually there. If anything, actually the biggest problem that's, that you know they've actually got with buses is, is actually trying to get out the car parts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for me, it just makes no sense whatsoever. The, the, the football's the, the the bad old game, which is you know an easy target, and I just don't think it's fair. Because you'll see it as well. Surely the you know the positive side to a bus journey to a football game can have. Firstly, David, I'm sure you see it. You know, bringing people together, that sort of sense of, of community or whatever. But then also maybe the positive impact it can have on local businesses and stuff like that. that, that all this stuff would presumably be at risk, wouldn't it? Uh, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I would say if I, you know when they were talking about you know you can't stop at a pub. Well, I think that's more fans that are coming from further locations. You know, the, the, again, I think that's that that's kind of pigeonholing everybody into the, the one bracket when it's when it's no fair. Yeah, I mean, if the level of reaction is anything to go by, I mean, I'd like to think that means this doesn't. Get off the ground Especially with David Speaking from experience there uh, Taking Celtic fans and, and they know he's a Ranger supporter And there's no trouble on his bus Yes he gets the odd one uh, Which you'll get anywhere But you know it's, it's As I said earlier on It seems to be As he quite rightly said himself there f- Try to find a solution for a problem that doesn't exist And uh, you, you maybe catch the odd Idiot doing something on a video and, and every now and again on, on a bus, but in general, I don't remember any great problems with fans going to travelling to football mm. in this way. Uh, and it's a huge proportion of the fans 
and obviously financially as well for them, you know, coming from certain areas, getting on a bus, as you said, the community spirit, the social aspect of it, it's it's their day out, it's their part of their, their, their Saturday or whatever it is when they go to a game. And now we've got a, a guy who drives the buses saying that he doesn't see any problems with us. I, I just don't know where it's came from. For, forget all that. What's the most mental wedding you've been to, David? <laughs> Oh, I had a one a couple of weeks ago, but I'm not see too much about that one right now. <laughs> well, that sounds it sounds like I want to know more, but I feel like David's contractually <laughs> obliged to to not give it. Give us a sneak peek. Where are we talking? What part of the country was the venue? It was in Verclyde. Oh, he's been very vague. He knows he's in he, this. This must have been mad. <laughs> Did you say you've only done it for a couple of years? <clears throat> Well, I've been in the bus industry for about 20 years um, right. I've only started doing coach work and, and doing football buses for the last two years Ever provide a coach for any of Gordon DL's weddings, no? Um, I dare say I probably have because <laughs> well, there's every chance that many, is there not? There is every chance We'll keep you in mind for the next one, David It shouldn't be too far away So thanks for taking the time, David Not a problem Thank Clyde, you. Clyde Bank as well So it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Local, he could swing by here And pick up for all us For that, as you talk about Uh-huh for the next one The next one that'd be Do you good. know something we don't? That's no, just a given it's just, <laughs> I just hope the Dazzlers bring his A game On Friday That's what, that's what I'm hoping oh, for Oh that's right You're <laughs> golfing together on Friday That's right Oh he's just That's all he talks about Honestly he was in here with his golf gear last yeah. night ah, he's On with a glove He's got a glove on Yeah and yep. he, he spikes And look at the state of that floor honestly Let's bring in Gavin Who's from a bit further afield And this maybe feeds into why he's calling Gavin take it away I uh, just want to say a little to the panel. Thanks for taking my call there, Duncan. Uh, it's just regards this new law coming out with uh, buses going to the games. Mm-hmm. I don't see how it's going to work because see fans like myself travelling from Ireland. I used to travel regularly. I don't travel as much anymore, but I've got friends that travel to every home game. They park ahead, especially for early kickoffs, twelve o'clock kickoff. Sometimes uh, the buses are only rolling on the Celtic Park maybe half an hour before a game. So how how are they meant they work around it? How are they meant they actually get under the stadium with? If, they can't, if, if they're not allowed to be there an hour before the game, how, how's that meant to work? Especially uh, fans travelling from other countries. And that is, that is it in a nutshell, because that's a huge problem for Celtic and Rangers, obviously. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I, I, I've got no doubt that the traffic commissioner or whatever has no idea specifically about that, that issue or hasn't thought about it. And that's mm. the problem when you bring in these sort of widespread, one-size-fits-all solutions to things that it just quite simply overlooks the reality for so many people because there'll be loads of people like Gavin, won't there? Huge numbers. And speaking to Celtic fans in particular over the years, it amazed me, you know, that these guys got up, Gavin will say himself, they got up at early hours of the morning to get boats over, buses up to Celtic Park and straight back. You know, that's their, that's their weekend. That's, and I'd imagine it'll be this, the same at Ibrox. You know, so that there's a huge amount of people that, if they bring these this legislation or rules in, it's going to affect these these guys. It's not one or two people or one or two buses. It's they come in the numbers week in week out, and that's the guys that are going to are going to suffer. You know, and that's I mean that that's I mean, I mean Gavin's highlighted one problem like, like like potential yeah. stumbling block of, of these these rules getting brought in. One of many. I, I just kind of get my head around the no multiple pickups. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what, why not? You know why not? So you need to travel to get. You know, it's it's just as what you say. It's one of a number of issues that it's like what it's, it's got a real feeling. Of, like we've opened our, our our mouth and let our belly rumble a little bit with this, and we're trying to find again. Mm. Think like previous caller David says. We're trying to find a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. Have you been encouraged, Gavin, by the the strength of opposition to this and how widespread it seems to be? 
Ah, well, as I say, it's, it's good to see fans pulling together. But another thing was, I was thinking about Ferries are going to take a hard hit. If you seven or 800 Celtic fans coming over for a game, especially if they're playing Rangers, or a cup final maybe, and it's an early kickoff with TV times and that, the Ferries are going to take a big hit. They're going to lose a fortune. You're going to have fans now saying, well, we're not guaranteed to get up the stadium. What's the point in paying to travel over? We're going to be turned away. You know? well, yeah, the knock-on effects are, you know, would, would be, and this is all stuff that, you know, people are now kind of thinking <coughs> about and joining these dots. But Gordon, that's the other thing Gavin's made, and I think Gary made the same, the, the, the first caller tonight. The, TV dictates kickoffs these days as well. So these guys are already getting put out their way for, for kickoffs. At, it's not just three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. And now, you know, mm. they want to add this problem to it. Yeah, well, Gavin, thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate your view on it because I think it's an important one and it's one that will speak on behalf of a lot of people for sure. Um, because as Simon and Kenny have said, w w and when I say we, I mean here in Glasgow and particularly the big two, welcome lots of fans who, who make that, that mode of travel over. So there we go. Well, I guess it's a kind of watch this space one. We need to wait and see what the next development is. It certainly had a lot of uh, pushback from football fans, no doubt from footballing authorities, from football clubs. Like I said, this has gone on the front page of the papers, back page of the papers. We've been speaking about it two nights in a row. It's all over social media so hopefully um, people understand how ridiculous everyone thinks it is. But anyway, 0141 951 1025, good time to call. You want to move it on? You want to talk Scotland? Maybe we could look at Hearts renaming Stephen Naismith as head coach. Maybe you want to just reflect on the first portion of the season that's now come and gone. Whatever you fancy, now is the time to do it. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Right, let's give you two a full time teaser. So, uh, thank you to Stephen McCara for sending in. It's full time at Clyde1.com. An interesting one this you need, a, you need a very specific type of memory uh, To get this question I think But we'll get there Stephen wants you to name In fact I'll tell you what Let me play my dramatic Full time teaser music first The full time teaser With sliding wardrobe solutions East Kilbride Score winning wardrobes At their new trade counter At Colville's Road So you just have to style that out And pretend that you didn't forget You know Pretty yep. obvious to everyone But there we go uh, Thanks to Stephen for sending it in he wants you to name the last five players from Celtic, five from Celtic, five from Rangers, who've scored from outside the box in an old firm game. Ooh. Very specific. And free kicks don't count, apparently. Oh, so from yeah, open play. Don't count. So can you name the last five players from each side to score from outside the box in an old firm game? Not with a free kick for some reason. So my goodness. Rogic. He tends to be a good bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yep. on there. Ibrox. Yep. April 2018. Mendes is going far, far back now. It does, 2008. Okay, that's one of each. Jamie Ness. Yes, February 2011. That's three. Simon, give me another Celtic guess. I know it's no Celtic. Alberts? Not going back that far. Too far. Celtic. Commons? No, would you believe? Celtic, Celtic, Celtic outside the box. Mm. Now, you don't need to go bearing in mind, obviously, the, the recent history of the fixture has been Hattati. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it there then. So we're looking for the last five from each team 
to score from outside the box in an old firm game. Free kicks don't count. So you've got Hatati and Rogic so far. You've got Jamie Ness and Pedro Mendes. So four down, six to get overall. Uh, let's see how it goes. Going to look at that heart situation in a moment or two because some of our big clubs are um, not enjoying great starts to the season and the heart situation's been very interesting in, in a managerial sense. So we'll do that very soon. Let's bring in uh, Robbie, who's on the line. Robbie, with your Scotland hat on, what are you thinking? We're only two days away from what is a massive game, isn't it? Good evening, panel. Thanks for letting me on. Please. Kenny Miller, top man. Simon Donnelly, top man. Uh, right, I was just going to say, uh, just opinions uh, for Kenny and Simon. Just uh, to touch on Scotland, I want to get another point on Celtic, but uh, just to touch on Scotland, I'm quite confident, guys, that we're going to win in Cyprus. Yes, and I think we're going to top the group. Would you think, Simon? Would you think, Kenny? Top the group and at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, certainly put ourselves in a strong position. I think we'll win on Friday night. Uh, as long as we qualify, I'd love us to top the group. Uh, but, but, as I say, what a ca- uh, what a way to start the campaign. <sighs> Incredibly. Well, I'm going to I agree win. with you, Robbie. I think we will. You think we'll talk? Yeah. It? I think we will. If we can win on Friday night, I think we'll put we play Spain. They play them next next month. Mm-hmm. In Seville. Yeah. Where Scotland team, Scottish teams don't hate, do particularly well. Do yeah, Seville yeah, yeah. overall. But I think, am I right in saying it's the head to head would decide who would finish above the other one? Uh, so I think that would be where so it goes. So it's, it's normally the way. So you've actually put yourself in a position with, with, with the 2 0. You know that it's uh, I guess, and I, I think after, and I think even the squad. Or, I mean, I know Steve Carter probably don't want him. Mm. Kind of these players talking, but I'm sure Ryan Christie was talking. Well, let's about hear. It. It. I was going to say, let, let's hear from Ryan Christie. He believes, like you, Robbie, that Scotland should be at least setting their sights and topping the group. The kind of belief and confidence we have within ourselves as a group now has has never been higher, and I think the group of boys we've got now, from experienced right down to to the boys, the young boys pushing in. I think everybody's really kind of pushing in the same direction and it's starting to show. I'd like to go and, you know, qualify ourselves if we can beat Cyprus and, you know, and really stamp it to, to say that, you know, we're we're here. And if we beat Cyprus, then the next step has to be to try and top the group as well. Um, you know, why can we not go and, and set our target for, for that? There you are, Robbie. You like the sound of that optimism? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, I think we can top the group. I think it's going to be even tough, even though Spain have only played a couple of games. I think there's not a couple of teams that have only played two games. I might be wrong on that, but I think uh, Scotland can top this group. Uh, um, as long as see another thing is as well, I don't expect them to win every game. But I expect them to win every game up until they qualify. If you know if that makes sense, mm-hmm. just like your yeah. team winning the league, yeah, they win the league with so many points, and they might. Th- you know, like what Celtic done, like they won the league in the last few games. They sort of kind of went off the boil. As long as they, as long as they, they top the group when they've uh, they've qualified, I think they can top the group overall. I'm not very sure if they can win over the game. Um, yeah, that, that that'll be tough. I mean, be, and but that that's the great thing about this start. If you can, yeah, imagine, of course, imagine you, you was talking about that. At the start. I know you want to, you want to win it all, but to take the pressure because let's be honest, <clears> even Norway coming to Hamden, and I know we beat them over there, but still, it's not, not going to be an easy game if Haaland rocks up and decides he's you know he's in the mood. It's, it's not but a gimme, that's but for it sure. Takes, but it takes the pressure off. You don't necessarily. That, that's the last game, isn't it? You don't need to win. But, and by the yeah. way, we're going to have qualified before that game. You know that so, might be a game that will decide can we get the top or, or can we not. Uh, so it's like uh, like Robbie saying you might. 
you're just hoping the players' mindsets are just, you know what, we don't want to let this run. They're on a wonderful run of winning qualifying games. Yeah. Uh, so they want to continue it. Listen, they're going, to, they're going to face a really tough game next month in Spain, obviously. But uh, again, if we if we can win on Friday night, I think that'll probably think be enough Friday, to qualify. And then you can now start looking at other things. Because what it does is it puts us in a wonderful position right. actually going into the Euros uh, in terms of seed-ins and, and, and where you're actually going to be and giving you a chance potentially again getting way ahead yeah, of yourself right, can we get to the group yeah. you know? confidence as well winning games you know yourself winning games the momentum's there I think Friday's a big one Friday's a big one I know it's Cyprus and you probably regard Norway and Spain mm-hmm. bigger you know better opposition but I think it's a big one away Friday night if we get that if we get the three points there we're almost there and you look at the the squad as well. The, the good thing about this is it doesn't have to be this way because the last remember the, the build up the last time was Kieran Tierney's not getting a game, Scott McTominay's not getting a game. You know, should we play them? Remember those calls? Yeah. <laughs> remember the way that the, yeah. the last uh, international meet went, or the one before that, I think, that the, the Spain game. Um, Tierney's situation has got a touch worse, although he's now at least back played for Sociedad at the weekend. McTominay again. To sort of offset that, you look at the form Billy Gilmore's in, you've got Nathan yeah. Patterson doing well, yeah. even though Aaron Hickey's probably still the first choice given the last couple, I don't know. Um, so it feels like everything's strong, in, a, but we are strong. in a good place. And even the likes of Tierney's back playing, played at the weekend, but these guys didn't let Scotland down before when they were, you know, on the periphery of their, their club teams, whether it was Arsenal or McTominay mm. at Man United. He's, he kind of stopped scoring for Scotland. So I think we are strong. Christy touched on it there with the young players coming through as well. It, it, it looks really good for us. I'm, I'm really excited with the, the national team, uh, especially on the back of the last Euros. I don't f- think these guys felt they did themselves justice mm-hmm. with the two games at Hamden. I think they've got more there that they want to go and show what they're all about. Yeah, hearing from Ryan Christie there, he of course scored the last time we played in Cyprus and I remember that because I was lying in my hospital bed having had my appendix out. There you go. And I remember watching the game specifically. We won't go down that road again. But... Well, and it was a lovely goal but was it as good as this come on I'm going to show you Kenny Miller in Cyprus a friendly right you ready for this yeah. the man's sitting next to you so a nice floated ball over the top touch to bring it down volley in the top corner are you happy with that different class honestly who I'm plays sure that about the celebration he just it's stood Berra. there like we, we uh, Ber- Christoph Berra yeah. raking Diag why can I not remember that I think that it, it's a, it was a Friday night I think oh no it was, but it was a friendly in 2011 yeah. and you just you just don't remember those things quite great frankly finish. great finish there we go Beautiful. Uh, uh, Robbie going to need to move it on because I didn't realise time was getting away from us but thanks for your Scotland thoughts we'll get your Celtic thoughts at another time if that's alright because watch this right for a seamless transition the last time Scotland played in Cyprus and I mentioned that Ryan Christie scored and John McGinn scored as well who was the Scotland captain that night Stevie Naismith who's been re- see, what, see where I'm going uh, with that honestly yeah. unbelievable how these things just fall Smooth. into your lap uh, he's been renamed the head coach of Hearts what do you mean renamed if you're not following this story well it's quite an interesting situation because of course he was in, in charge of Hearts at the end of last season then at the start of this season Hearts going into European competition Stephen Naismith's not got the full complement of, of coaching badges and they sort of restructured things and it all became a bit a bit of a laughing stock for people on the outside and, and pointing at an interview that Stephen A. Smith and Frankie McAvoy did and say, you know, who's really in charge? The Hearts players would tell you that nothing had really changed and it was sort of paying lip service to UEFA. And now that they're out of European competition, 
they've done the big rebrand with Stevie Naismith back to the head coach or whatever, Kenny. Does that does it matter? What, what do you what do you think? You know, I think it probably matters more for us looking in on it now that it's now cleared up all the carnage the interview and all the carnage the European thing because you've not got the licences it's new in-house at Hearts I don't think it changes too much I think everybody knew what was going on or, or they should have knew what was going on exactly who was who was who was the manager and who was the assistant so for us now it's completely clear Stephen's now the head coach and Frank is the assistant let's bring in Liam who is a big Hearts fan on the line Liam what do you th- what do you think about this development today? Does it does it matter? Does it change much? I would go back to your hospital bed and get my appendix out. <laughs> <laughs> what, ra- what rather than discuss Hearts managerial structure? <laughs> rather than try and work way their way through this minefield, uh, it's a it's a mess. Uh, it was an unnecessary mess, and I think that's the thing that that from a Hearts perspective, yeah, Kenny's saying there that it clears things up. Does it? Uh, I know that they're saying that you know it was lip service to UEFA or whatever, but again, I just the candidates that were available when Stephen Naismith was was given the job that applied, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it just I feel I feel sorry for ourselves. But I also feel really sorry for Stephen Naismith because you want to be excited going into your first managerial job in Hearts of Lumberdom with this ridiculous setup and he's a defeat away from being chased at the club and that's the that's the harsh reality of it right now folks well, are saying yeah oh, that, that's what I wondered Liam because you know I think this isn't a surprise today in the sense that everybody kind of knew this day would come when the European run ended which was then going to be bad news <laughs> so it was going to have to come about you know bad news European run ends but that's the bit that gives Stephen Naismith his, his job title back but it also comes against a backdrop of really poor league performances, doesn't it? So that 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 kind of changes things, surely, in the the minds of the Hearts fans. In terms of what it gives, as in we now credit the the poor run to to Stephen. Uh, no, I, ju- I just mean in terms of you know, there's not. I don't know if there was ever a thought from the club that today would be a day that would be met with like excitement or optimism, but that that's clearly not the case now. Yeah. Yeah, true, and and that's why again I, I feel sorry for him is because now, given the noise, given the the sort of optics of how it looks, the big you know, hearts pride themselves on saying that they were the third biggest club, and we have aspirations to be bigger and better than what we are, and potentially close the gaps to to Celtic and Rangers as and where we can, and we've brought in the under 18s manager that had two wins out of seven last season. We've backed him up with a guy that hasn't had a job in 11 years when he worked in Preston and lumbered up with a coach that was the coach that failed with the last manager that's there. Then they've said, actually, he's in the background. McAvoy's in charge. Now they're saying, actually, Naismith's back in charge. And we're, what, 15, 16 <clears> games <throat> into Stephen Naismith's reign. I think he's won four matches. That's right. that's the key point, Kenny yep. and Simon. All this stuff, because what you're saying can, can still be true. And look, this is just for people on the outside and the players know who's in charge and all that stuff. But anything like this is much worse if you're not winning if you're not winning die. and Harps are certainly not winning it's the same as everything if you're not winning you're under pressure and I watched Harps in the home tie in the European game against Pauk and I actually thought they did well they've not been able to get a result since uh, from the outside looking in it is a bit of a mess I think 
well, when I, I, I was watching it, I was aware of the role where uh, we Smith because he didn't have his, his badges or the, the appropriate badges. Mm. I think everybody knew that. Then we were told, you know, from within the place, you know, nothing had changed in terms of how they went about their business day to day. Uh, if I'm a player in there, I'd probably look at Naismith as being the manager, but they've not had results and that brings pressure. And as Liam says there, you know, if they don't, if they keep going down that road, you know, there's only one inevitable outcome. Yeah, because Kenny, how, and Stephen Naismith will hope this isn't not the case, I'm sure, but how difficult a scenario is it? Liam, he's, he's a big Hearts fan. He's the one that says, you know, Stephen Smith's been reappointed the head coach today, but is a result or two away from being chased, in, in his words. You know, you come back off the break. It's your first game back as head coach, even though people say internally nothing's really changed. You need to host Aberdeen, then go away to St Mirren, Kilmarnock and Ross County in succession, one of them being a, a cup game. It's, it's tough. It is tough, but again, that's that's the nature of the beast, you know. That's, that's why you you step into it, you know. What I mean, Liam's went through the facts, like, like the four wins, like the 15, 16 games, or what it was, the two wins for seven last year, and you take the yeah, the games this year. Like it, it's no good reading, you know. It's no good reading, and whether Stephen was whether it's caused issues. Uh, again, I just think the, the the issues in surrounding who's in charge, who's not in charge, were more for the outside. Yeah. And again, this is without having any knowledge yet. It just seems to make sense that within the building the, the players and the staff they have to know what is mm. going on you know they have to otherwise it, it, it is a complete chaos so I mean Liam's outlined it four runs out of 15 games four runs out of 16 is not good enough for, for, for a Hearts manager and Stephen will know that and he'll be looking at this international break the same way as Michael Beale will to get to work and put that right because the games you've mentioned yep it's not going to be easy but listen, this is the nature of the beast. You know, your manager in the, in, the, in the Premiership, you need to go and put better results, better performances. I mean, Hearts are a good squad. They're a, for me, they're a really good squad. I think they've got the third best squad in the country. So they've got the players there. It's about just getting the improvement in the, in the performances and then the results will so come. So Liam, you, ultimately, you'd think Stephen Naismith was the wrong appointment at the start, never mind right now. I, I think that we had candidates that could have came in and did better, you know, a better pedigree. You know, the rumours are, you know, Derek McInnes, Stephen Robinson, etc. And all of them would walk to Tincastle for the job. I don't see why we needed to look down the corridor at the B team manager, bring him in, and then even after the conversations where you say, right, come in, we're, we were never going to finish any lower than fourth last season, so Europe was always going to come. When did they say, actually, wait a minute, you've not got the qualifications? and then have to concoct this crazy story. It just felt like from the start they've put Stephen Naismith in an awkward, horrible position, whereas, and, and Kenny's in there all, behind the scenes at Hearts, everybody knows who's in charge. See, I don't, I don't know if that is 100% true, because he had to be there. You're telling me that Frank McAvoy just showed up at training and sat on the touchline? Didn't he say nothing? No, but, but hang fire him. He's, he's, he's his assistant, though. You know, so no assistant sits on the touchline and just doesn't do anything, you know. So he's still going to have a heavy say on, on, on training. Yeah. I mean, again, what, what it is is, in a football club, it's not the manager just... It, it's a collaboration. You know, you're working yeah. together to decide who's mm. training, who's what, what, who's playing the tactics. That's why you've got that's why you've got a staff. You know, so nobody's suggesting... I, I don't think that would have changed. I don't think the dynamics would have changed. changed. I don't for, think. for what it's worth, worth my understanding is the Hearts players didn't feel anything had changed, you know, yeah, on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Um, you can read into that what you want. Um, Liam, I wonder about Kenny's point, though. I wondered um, where Kenny says, 
you know, Hearts have got a good squad and it's definitely the third best squad. I wonder if you agree with that now. Well, that's what that, I think. The people, Hearts fans can can live as in all Hibs and Aberdeen fans can as well. Getting beat is par for the course when you're no Celtic and Rangers, right? But there's a manner in which you lose, and I think what's driving the frustration right now, as well as the results, is the performances have been terrible. Yeah, don't like like the Rangers fans complaining about Mick Beale. You know, we don't know our, our best eleven. We've changed formation three or four times. You, you, Simon mentioned the Pulp game there. We played that game. We played Toby Sibick centre half. In centre midfield We played Alex Cochran A left back Left wing We just had a transfer window We've just signed and brought in Seven Eight players Why was that not addressed? Why are you scrambling To bring and move defenders into midfield Defenders into attack On mother, uh, the mother arguments Forrest Shankland was playing right wing I'm glad we've gone to that one Like what? what, what is going on? Uh, the picture of Kai Rose playing Motherwell Onside is it's embarrassing that that was ever even flagged, right? But what worried me the most, the third furthest back player for Hearts in that picture, is Lauren Shankland. He's in the right back position, tracking back, and that's what results are. One thing you can stomach it if you're getting performances. It just we've got no identity. I don't know what we're doing. So I kind of agree we've got a good squad. I'm losing faith that actually it's the third best squad out there because we've struggled to beat Kilmarnock we've been beat off Dundee and we got outplayed by Motherwell on Sunday No shame in that Thank you though Liam You can also hear <laughs> Liam in the This Is My Story podcast as well It's going to be an interesting one that at Hearts definitely keep an eye on it because Stephen A. Smith whatever job title he has and Frankie McAvoy and everybody there need to start um, improving results very soon after the break you would have to say so we'll keep an eye on it for sure what about this teaser tonight looking for five players from each side who've scored from outside the box in an old firm game but not with a free kick? You've given me Hatati and Rogic, Ness and Mendes. Alan Thompson. Doesn't go back that far for Celtic. Scott Brown. Doesn't go back that far for Celtic. Ooh, so it's, okay. Bear in mind, Celtics, yep. you're not going back that far because obviously they did score a lot of goals and, and that kind of last. Barry McKay. Yes. Hey, what about has Tavernier done it? Has he not without no, a free kick? No, no, not without a free kick. No. All, all of Celtics are twenty seventeen to present. Armstrong. Nope. Just guessing now. McGregor. Yes. Okay. We'll leave it there. We'll get the rest of the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are on the home straight. It's been a very quick show, I must say. Uh, certainly for a, a Wednesday night of International Week. But there we are. You lot never shy away. It's always extremely busy on here and we're forever thankful for it. So on the teaser tonight as well, thanks again to Stephen Makara uh, and a big thanks to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions, East Bride. Check out their trade counter at Colville's Road if you need any of your sliding wardrobe solutions. That's not far from you, Kenny Miller. You could pop in and see what they're saying. Um, so please do. Thanks to the guys there for supporting us. Your question tonight is, can you name five players from each side to score from outside the box uh, in an old firm game? Not a free kick, though. So Rio Hatati, Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor, Barry Mackay, Jamie Ness and Pedro Mendes. So two left from each. Lustig. 
Yes. Oh, for playing that one, that was no good. He's trying to forget about that. That's why he's erased it from his memory. Maisie run before it as well. Stevie Davis. Yes. Okay, we'll leave it there, which means you've only got two left from each. Okay, 01419511025. That is the number Stevie has dialed. Stevie, take it away. Everything, guys, all right? Good. You? Hi, all right, mate, all right, bud. Uh, just obviously, I tried the last couple of days to get one because this way, it's in Murray and Murrow doing well in the top four, guys, and then obviously uh, having teams in the last three European competitions. I think the Scotland team qualifying for the Euros, not me know, but just, I think it'd just be a great highlight for the Scottish football game, not me know, as a whole. Because you're just looking at it and say, there's no way that anybody would have thought that played 4 1 4. And I say that to Chris, I mean, I says, we were pricing the flights for Germany before the Georgia game, and there were about 13, 14 quid or something, 18 quid or something. And then the minute the Scotland game finished, about 138 quid. <laughs> you missed the boat You missed the boat Stevie Or the plane That's the case maybe You know Kenny I, I, I was looking at it And I went Watch this And then Obviously the game Kicked half late But it was still Loan there for about £18.74 there And I think If you stayed for a week And come back It was like £25.36 And then the minute we won It just It's very it specific crazy, man. Well, You sure well. it wasn't 37 no, absolutely, and that that is it. I'm, I think I know quite a few people have booked already. Yep. That's that's the reality of it. Um, to 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 be in this position, and there's still that part of you, that negative, battle scarred part oh. of you that thinks, oh, I'm feeling the worst. But, oh. but genuinely, it's that close. And this group actually deserves more than that, don't they? They deserve a they bit do. more of your belief because of they do. the job of that. I, I don't know if there is that anymore. I think we've moved on past it. Obviously, qualifying for the Euros a couple of years ago now kind of got that monkey off the back. And I just think this group's, again, after a poor summer last year, a couple of poor results, yeah. they've just not looked back. You know, mm -hmm, they've just yeah. they've looked at it and thought, you know what? We can't drop our level mm -hmm. of performance. We can't take our eye off the ball. And they've just went strength to strength. And like four runs out of four, I mean, you, when you throw Spain into that bit, I'm thinking back to Denmark performance at home. Yeah, it was yeah. sensational. Uh, like the belief, because again, against Norway, we weren't good. In the first half, we, we, no, weren't, we weren't good. good. I'm just thinking we back stuck to that. in it. We, yeah. we, 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 we dug in. in and and we, we believed, you know, and we believed that we could get there in the end, and you yeah. know, and, and see when you've got that, sometimes you get the breaks, and I think we've had a few breaks as well that are long overdue, and it has been it's been fairly sustained as well. I know Steve Clark doesn't always get absolute unanimous backing from the Scottish football public. Surely he's getting closer now in terms of the job he's done, because like. Yeah, so the Ukraine you, you were on the show that mm. night you know that was disappointing but again you're, bits like that. you're still there though you know yeah, yeah. It, it, so it has been fairly sustained it has because it, what it did was it, it's now no accident you know when you make the Euros it, people say ah, what, what, what is this Nations League backdoor penalty shootout well finally you still need to get there yeah it did and then you go in a, then you go again back up with another playoff place fine it doesn't go and now you start a campaign like this so this is a, a group now that's putting that hard yards together. You look at the, the caps total from yep. a few years ago to now, they're all getting there, the 40s and 50s and, and growing together, aren't it's, they? It's sustained over a level of, a level of time. Uh, Ryan Christie touched on it there, that the belief is within that squad. And as I said earlier on, I think, that, I think they th themselves think they've got unfinished business. The disappointments of the two games in the Euros at Hamden, the Ukraine game where 
a few months later they, they go and beat that Ukraine team yeah, so they've battered them, yeah. yeah so they've got the levels there we've started this unbelievably well you know I think us looking at it you'd have been looking for draws here and there to go and win the four games and put us in pole position with this group of players which I think are only going to get stronger mm -hmm. <clears throat> as you touched on Billy Gilmore's back in playing at Brighton uh, Patterson's playing added to the guys that have already been over the course for us John McGinn's uh, you know, there's a there's a high expectation. He's having a great season as well, isn't he? Is, he? Uh, there's a high expectation there. The confidence is there. The feel good factors there. Stevie, book your flights. <laughs> and so far, touch wood, there has been a bit of disruption. Elliot Anderson. That's a blow because I think everyone wanted to see him, and maybe more importantly, wanted to see if he's committing his future to Scotland. Um, but you, you maybe can't miss what you've not had. So he comes out the squad. Um, Liam Kelly and people of my football persuasion love Liam Kelly but I think we, we know he's not going to play he comes out of the squad and Robbie McCrory goes in so hopefully we go into Friday with a, a kind of full compliment It looks that way you know I mean I think that's one thing Steve's had has been a really kind of settled way playing in terms of the system uh, the personnel has been really really settled yeah there's been the odd injury here or there but it's been guys coming into a, a team that are fully confident, they know their job, they know their roles, that they're performing very, very well. There's like anything, there's maybe one or two spots up. Oh, and by the way, thanks again to the good folks at Moir and Sweeney Litigation. We are backing Scotland with them all the way to hopefully Euro 2024 in Germany. Andrew McLean is in Cyprus for us this Friday. We're going to have an extended show as well, um, given how big an occasion it is. So Kenny will be back for us uh, on that one. If you go to Clyde1.com just now, there's the chance to win a 70-inch 4K HD TV which you could watch the Eurozone if Scotland get there and you don't get your flights. So um, thanks again to Moir and Sweeney at Litigation. You've got a couple more on this teaser. Let's go. Ooh. Edward. Yes, Odson Edward. So is that the last Great Celtic show. one? It is. Right. <clears throat> what are you looking for? One more Rangers player who's scored outside the box in an old firm game within the last five to do it. You can all the way back to 06 for this. 06. For the Rangers one. So Kenny, I think we're looking at your 06. era. Yeah, and I think I know who it is as well. Go on then. Brahim Hamdani. Ah, listen, that's that's it. Forget your 69 Scotland caps. This That's why he's here, honestly. Brahim Hamdani, thank you very much to Kenny Miller and Simon Donnelly. Thank you for all your calls, your tweets, keeping us company. Always, genuinely, all these years on amazes me just how often you all pick up the phone and we really appreciate it. Back tomorrow at six o'clock with Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson if they survive the ab sale. <laughs> Good so luck, guys. if you're about tomorrow afternoon, I think it's about three o'clock, why not head down to Silverburn, give them some support and more importantly, Clyde1.com uh, if you'd like to donate as well. So we will see you at six o'clock tomorrow and in the meantime, you might as well stay right there because Callum Gallagher is up next.